Join us as we go beyond the root in search of the many solutions to the deep-rooted issues within the black community. Now, we may not find all the solutions, but what we do aim to do is have meaningful conversations so we can find some sort of resolution to equip the youth so they can deal with these issues in the future. So join me, Sam G. And myself, Joseph Augustine. As we go beyond the the roots. Joseph, we are here. We've made it onto Beyond the Root. Yeah, this is our first show. Mm-hmm. This is good. This is a good vibe. I'm happy with this. Everything that's happening. <laughs> so, I mean, people might be thinking to themselves, "Why have we done this show?" Wow. Um, well, you want me to take the baton on this one? <laughs> yeah, I think it's best. <laughs> okay. Um, well, listeners, if you're listening, hope you are. Basically, myself and Sam came together as she interviewed me previously on one of our other podcasts. And um, it was very interesting and insightful for both of us, I find. I mean, it was very honest and open, which I think attracted us to each other in this way and doing this together. Because, I mean, I felt very comfortable with yourself Mm. just discussing. And it it was actually quite refreshing just to have someone that I can be open with um, Mm -hmm. and given my side of things. I mean, obviously it was a a Valentine's one and we're talking about love and so on. And um, it was interesting that there was someone willing to listen to a male's perspective and especially the way things, you know, have been, it's, it was an eye opener for me. So from there on, I was actually just drawn to your energy and, you know, this organically came together. Blessings. Do you know what? It's the same thing. I think uh, for me, it was interesting to hear the male perspective. Yeah. Because it's not something that I had heard before. Yeah. You know, and it came so naturally. So it just made sense that in our generation, I feel that this is these are the conversations that we should be having, you know, just to enhance the young people because you know you know what young people are like they don't really want the oldies around them do you know what I mean (laughs) but uh, I think that it's more important that we are we're just there we're just we're just there for them should they need us it's the strong foundations you know I, I think it's good to spearhead um for our generation to to talk and be open for me I I heard a very good saying once to reveal is to heal. Mm. And I've kind of stuck with that. And it's been a blessing just taking that on because, you know, when you, you shed that weight that you carry around when you don't talk to someone and you just let it off your chest, it's, it's a massive relief. I'm sure there's many people out there that can relate to that. Mm. You know what it was for me as well? Why the reason I wanted to start this show was because it just got to that point 2020 and a lot of things was just highlighting themselves where I just felt like I just couldn't breathe like seriously I don't mean to take offense of the saying but you know there's so many issues as well that that are in our community I'm not gonna lie yeah like within any other communities do you know what I'm saying but because I'm a black person you're a black person can only really speak about what's going on within our own communities so let's just hash it out really and truly and it's not to cause offense to people because that's not our intention at all no 
um, it's really because out of every negative, there's always a positive. Definitely. Definitely. And I do believe this, what we're doing is perfect way to do it. I mean, as you said, we're not here to cause anyone an offence, but there are issues that do need to be addressed. And if we talk about it and also talk about it in a progressive light where we address the issues head on, where we can have that meaningful and in-depth conversation to the point where there is a solution. I've seen too many times where people have just knocked heads and sometimes that's just due to generation and culture. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, a certain ignorance that no one likes to talk about within the black community where I feel that we can't, move forward the way we should be in order for us to open the doors for the next generation because that's essentially what matters you know when you pass the Mm, baton on mm, and it's so true I mean we come full circle uh every year Black History Month and it's the same old thing you know um and like you said there's no real progression on these things it's a lot of talking but there's hardly any action and um yeah you know, the last show that I did on the In Focus podcast with my son, Tyler, that literally was highlighting what Rising Roots was all about. And it's trying to put that unity back into community. It's not all singing and dancing, but in order to overcome that ignorance, we need to be more knowledgeable on a lot of stuff um, and talk about things. Hence why we go beyond the root, you know, to strengthen the root. (laughs) You need to know what's going on in the soil, yeah. uh, the nutrients that feed it and so forth like that, all that science that's in yes. there. We work on these things. We're laughing as far as I'm concerned. No, no, because we can get the best results from there. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's actually a good, a good analogy of it where we're looking at the nutrients what we're putting into the roots. I am smart. Yeah. I am smart sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Listeners, you can join us and that's exactly what we want you to do. We want you to join us. So we do have a Facebook page and it is called Beyond the Root. So check that out. We'll leave all the information. Um, And yeah, let's just get talking. Let's have healing conversations as we go along. But we're planning to be open and honest about these things. So we hope that you can be open and honest with us, right? Yeah. Okay. That's the goal. Uh-huh. So the first thing that you came up with, because this is the first time that I've actually worked with someone, you <laughs> came up with a series of shows that you wanted to do first. And I was like, hmm, okay. Yep. Uh, would you like to let the listeners know what that show was, series? Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's Black Britain. It's addressing the modern Black Britain. That we have today we are essentially when you see it which is also media controlled stuck in that wind rush generation of constantly seeing black britain and it's not what it is today where there are a lot of different pockets of black culture inside the uk and then there's the inner city black britain there's the suburban rural black britain as well that i don't think gets a lot of attention mm. But the goal is to bring it to the forefront so you can see as a whole what the UK has as a black community. And we're going to be looking to tackle education, Mm -hmm. um, business, generational wealth, 
black black love, black relationships, you know, the black household. Yeah. And our history. Things as you mentioned, Black History Month, whenever we come full circle, it's very much mirrored against the Americans, mm. which is all fine and well. You know, there are strong black people in a lot of communities in the West in terms of, you know, oppression. But our focus is on the UK and I wanna open the doors for young black Britain to see that we do have a wealthy history and if we start understanding ourselves then we can move forward a lot better mm. hence why it's you know beyond the roof you know what was so interesting about that as well yeah it got me thinking because I'm doing an interior design course at the moment and yeah. at the start of it it was just introducing in the, the you know course but it didn't actually mention any black architectures or interior designers and it just got me thinking is there was there any in the past history do you know what I mean many (laughs) many I mean for example um many of the Royal Institute's castles which they won't tell you are you know copies of castles that were in Ethiopia Mm. many many of the prestigious buildings that you see are are carbon copies of where these structures from Ethiopia, old Ethiopia, mm. before it got um, ruined, basically. See what I mean? So, yeah, we, we so have much. many scholars, many architects, many poets. Yeah. You know, many um, theatre writers. Yeah. I mean, when you look at Black society as a whole, it's embedded in the in the culture of the UK. Mm. There are also plays that are out there that have been adopted where. Black people play the main roles. And these are such things like uh, Macbeth, Shakespeare. Yeah, because there is one called um, the Voodoo Macbeth, actually, which was done by, um, adapted by Orson Welles. And that was something to do with um, moving the setting from Scotland to a fictional Caribbean island, right? And it had a black, an entirely black cast for it. Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. Yeah, I didn't actually see that. I only remember doing it at school. I can't say I actually enjoyed that one, though, to be fair. It's not one of my favourites, but also it should let you know how much um, things get altered and changed to control Mm. the narrative. But, yeah. You know what? I think, though, that the, the question... I'm actually taking these questions as well from a, uh, I, have to, I have to give a little plug here to okay. uh, Bob in UK that came up with a black conscious card game. And it's actually filled with 160 questions ready to be discussed. Now, the purpose was like what we are doing now was to have conversations in order to inspire the change we need to be. Yeah. So I am using this particular card from there when I answered this question but what actually do you think is our biggest conflict right now as a people because obviously we're this show looks at some of the issues within it and I know as we go along talking in the shows they will be highlighted but from your perspective what do you think is our biggest conflict right now? Wow our biggest conflict right now is um well, there are two, two that stand tall. Inside the community is conflict. Ooh. 
conflict in terms of colorism. And uh, I could talk from my experience in terms of being a male, but mm -hmm. that black on black hate. Mm -hmm. uh, we are trained to, if you're from a certain background, which is the majority, let's say working class, you get trained to not like your own. Uh, I know when I was growing up, there was the whole screw face thing, you know, like, oh, you get into a fight, why? Because he was watching me. <laughs> the train to home in, you're shown so many times in terms of what is put out for us, like TV shows, movies, and so on around the 90s. It was a lot of uh, crime, drug dealing, black on black, and you are conditioned yeah. to screw each other down. And then as soon as someone turns away, you'd get that alpha thing going on. You know, I haven't really seen that in other races, Cultures. to mm. be honest with you, where it's like, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Why are you looking at me? It's very common, the colorism and so on. And then racism. We always tag racism for black. Yeah. We treat it like if you look in a dictionary and see the word racist, the black person should be on there as the victim. If we move away from that, we solve a massive, massive problem. You know, we don't always need to be the face of racism. No. It opens us to be used. It's so true. It is actually really, really true. Because um, there was, there was, there's a lot of issues. And, and funnily enough, I, I came up with the, the, the same as you, the black on black thing. Uh, that was my main gripe. I, I just didn't understand it. But like you said, the forefront of it was actually racism. Yeah. And racism not understanding terrible. what it actually is, you know. From when you can understand it, you can eradicate it. Yes. But it's something that's just deep-rooted. I mean, the system constantly builds it around us. Like, if you look, obviously one of the topics we're going to be discussing is education. Mm -hmm. The educational system when Black History Month comes around, before there was this kind of uprise movement of we no longer want our children being taught slavery, yeah. you constantly show a certain set of people being oppressed. It devalues wealth. It devalues wealth from the, those that look on us mm -hmm. in terms of constant struggle, never accomplishing. You show a black history where there's no accomplishment, there's only a fight. You're never going to see that person as anything else than someone who's willing to fight and get aggressive for what they want, mm -hmm. which hinders us and, and creates a divide. And then also it could create a mindset when you're constantly learning this of self-loathing and also a separation from another race. Mm -hmm. Because you might come out of your classroom after hearing all of this hate projected onto your skin tone and look at your friend differently. You yeah, know, and cause that racism as well from the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think I think generally what we're saying here is that as a community, we face crisis to do with destructive internalized views yeah. about ourselves towards ourselves, and that's led to a weakening of the relationships that we need amongst us. Um, you know, we've mentioned that we suffer from a youth culture that in many ways is destructive. Yep. We have negative beliefs about ourselves and face issues to do with underemployment, racist employment practices, 
um, mental yeah. illness, drug abuse, to name but a few. There's so much. There yeah. is actually so much. But it, I think that the main thing that we're looking to do is not really to hone in, as we mentioned before, on the negatives per se, but to find the solutions. Solution is key. Yeah. Right now, it is key. When you look at 2020, the massive movement that went on last year, obviously due to the unfortunate mm-hmm. death of George Floyd, it the unity was was unbelievable. I mean, it stretched worldwide. There was demonstrations, there were marches. But once again, what has come of it? Mm. You know, if we can keep discussing this, because what will be shown to us is how much we done last year in terms of um, protesting. Mm-hmm. But has there been any change? Um, I don't know if the Black Lives Matter hashtag or BLM raised any funds for the black community. Mm, not that I heard of. Because from what I can see, in terms of streams, online revenue, YouTube got all that money. I mean, if I was to set up an account the day it happened and just showed George Floyd dying so many times that day, saying, I can't breathe, I would have probably been a millionaire by Big now. Money. But how much would have YouTube made? And then how much would have BBC made constantly putting that around? ITV would have made constantly mm. putting that around. Sky News would have made constantly putting that around. Because like I say, we constantly attach ourselves to race, where same things happen to the Asian community in America now. And there is no Asian Lives Matter mm-hmm. big thing that anyone is backing. It's something that's done in pockets. Yes. Because they know it's not going to get the media traction and likes and adverts. Because how many adverts can you stick in a Black Lives Matter mm. video on YouTube? So many. And you know we'll watch it to the end. But we won't mm-hmm. watch like Asian Lives Matter hashtag on there and watch it to the end. Because we only associate it with ourselves. We've labelled racism as our thing. So nothing, personally, I believe has happened. They believe there's an awareness, but I, I haven't seen it. Awareness is one thing. Awareness is definitely one thing, but (laughs) I still keep saying it, to see real change around these things, we need to be erecting industries. Yes. That I feel, you know, are morally and culturally accountable to our community. It's as simple as that, because, you know, we're talking on so many different subjects in the following shows, but they all boil down, they still have the same root to call systems going on. Yeah. You know, Um, but it's funny that you say that there's no, there is no change because I, I plan to do a story on that actually in terms of um, the protests and one year on to just find out really and truly, because I know a lot of communities came out and this is an American thing, but a lot of communities in the UK, uh, overseas, yes. in India and all those places, they all came out and did something. But is it the fact that media is not telling us what's going yes. on? And if I go to grassroots level, maybe I might find out more. Do you know what I'm saying? So that is something listeners to look out for, because I will be investigating on that. No, that's good, because I don't believe the media would let us know what's going on, because once again, they... It's a narrative controlling thing. It it serves no purpose to show. And this might seem like, oh, you know, because you're black, you're going to say these things. But it's a fact. I 
I'm black and I live the life mm. of a black person because I'm constantly being made aware in the Western world that I'm black, you know? It's a constant reminder, I'm black. It's mm. something I already know, but the amount of, like I say, us branding racism as our thing, the constant conversations of it being brought up, you're constantly reminded that you are looked at differently within the system. Mm. And that's still prominent today because I, I haven't seen any change, not one. It serves no purpose to show elevation and change in the black community unless they have a controllable token. It's, have you spoken, you've got younger kids. Yes. Like, were they, they were clearly aware of what had happened during that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I mean, my eldest, she is, my eldest is like such a, a freedom child. Everything is about freedom. She, mm-hmm. um, when I told her about the, the Uyghur Muslims in China, she was up on oh, that yeah. as well. Um, yeah, she's very aware. My my two youngest, they're they're aware of these things. I mean, it's not something that affects them um, because they're not at that age where they're emotionally mm. taking it in. But mm. I mean, they know it exists. Like my son, uh, my first eldest son, he experienced racism. Now he's not mine by blood, um, mm. but he's mine. I've loved him since the womb, um, but he's white. And it was actually a black boy. And he told me about it. And Mm -hmm. it was his first experience, hands-on, of racism. And it kind of was like mine, where he was walking with his cousin, my nephew, and Mm -hmm. these two black boys, they were like 16, 17. And they were like, oi, white boy, come here. Now, me, I was furious. Mm -hmm. Furious. And um, he didn't go, bless him. He got shook and he kept it moving. The rage I felt because I could relate to it and I thought to myself, how dare you? Because you are doing exactly what we want to get rid of and you should <laughs> know better. You know, I know yeah. your parents raised you better than that. Why, why would you do that? You know, and I was, I was livid. I was livid. It wasn't even a no, joke. No, I don't blame you. I don't blame you because all now. <laughs> yeah. So, running out on the road doing something of some kind. All now, police would have been called. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. I tell you, those boys were lucky. I'm not promoting anything. But my son told me a week <laughs> after. Sorry. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's um. It's it's hard. It's really hard, and to stop. To, it's almost like I just want to just stop talk that's what I said about I can't breathe because I'm kind of like just sick and tired of it just being in your face all the time yeah. I'm not you know um you just want to be able to walk down the street and do your thing you you want to be able to wear your hair how you're wearing your hair not have to put something now or or see tokenized things yes. on the TV, you know, especially because of what happened and think that that's, that's the way forward. No, they just want to be accepted for what it is. Yeah. You know, you, you know, we don't have things with hashtag white culture or hashtag Chinese. This, yeah, that. it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's like history. <laughs> Black History Month. It should just be we're in history. We don't have like a white history year. We're going to teach white history throughout the 11 months of the year and then we're going to have black history. Mm. You know, like that it, it, 
we don't history need to history. coin mark everything we do. Yeah. If we come full circle, we just are, just like everyone else. And I think that's why it's important for us to do what we're doing. Because I feel like when we address these subjects, we can talk about it enough to steer towards a solution where there's now just action. And we've put a lid yeah. on talking about it. Mm-hmm. And like you said uh, beforehand, um, there is sometimes not even a solution needed. No. It's just it's just moving in a direction that is healthy, yeah. you know, um, where people don't, you don't have to fret. I mean, I've been watching certain things with my son and he's 13 now and he was devastated when he saw, you know, the George Floyd thing. Yeah. Um, I homeschool him as well. But it's that whole institutionalised thing I can't deal with no. that's happening right about now. That's always been there. So how are we going to change that? And the only way to change that is, I suppose, knowledge in up ourselves. I always say, tell people actually about playing chess. Yeah, I love chess. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes it's about strategic moves within your own household that you can do just to move forward um, remain healthy, have healthy conversations and discussions, you know, about what's going on around us. Um, but making sure that the future is kept bright to how it should be. Business is just business at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, I hear that. You know? I can relate to that. You do have to make these changes at your house. I mean, at the end of the day, how could you, in terms of education, send your child to a school that doesn't teach what you want them to teach? but expect them to do it off the bat. You need to give mm. your child that knowledge so when they go to school, they recognise that this is not being teach. So they can challenge and say, well, it didn't actually happen like that. And obviously, you know, they'll be looked on as someone who's being disruptive, but mm-hmm. my job's done if they're questioning. You learn more through asking questions, through challenging, mm. through broadening the conversation. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. That's yeah. not um, you do have to give your child that, exactly. that knowledge. You just can't teach them at home how to conduct themselves, you know, just to represent your parenting is good. You've got to mm-hmm. give them the real tools for them to go out into the world, especially in the black culture, because we are under scrutiny. For real. And you know, that that whole stuck in the past mentality the the oppressive mind state that me and you have spoken about yeah the oppressed become the oppressors and that (laughs) is the system's goal i guarantee you Mm -hmm. that that is written in stone yeah so listeners i hope that you are still with us (laughs) 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 um but we are just going to go for a, a quick ad break and come back for the second half um, which moves us into education actually so it's the first part of the Black Britain series and we covered education but we shall be back in part two for that one. Interested in hearing your ad played during the show across two podcasts then get in touch at inquiries at beyond-theroot.com. Hi 
like what you hear so far listeners then make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now just know this podcast is made possible by listeners like yourselves so thank you for your support now back to the show Well, listeners, I hope you're still with us, Um, but we just would like to thank you for joining us for the first opening show as we just introduced um, ourselves and what we're going to be talking about. And as we move into education being our first topic, I just wanted to leave the listeners with some statistics to this because we want to let people know how education is at this precise moment for, you know, black children? Okay, well, these are just a few things that I've put together since, obviously, we started our path of doing this show. I like to look into it to know what the facts are so we can address these issues and have these meaningful conversations. Just Mm -hmm. one for yourself, Um, just a brief insight. So Bristol University, we did a survey this might seem like a long time ago, 2010, 2011, and it was access to education. And it was regarding mm. education and its access. And what they found is that if access to education wasn't judged by race and location, and I'll get back to that, 30 to 40% more black children will have access to a, what is considered a higher level of education. Now, this opens a discussion to why Black Britain is where it is regarding education. And this definitely needs to be addressed. So when I say judged by race and location, think of last year in the lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. So when they done children's Mm -hmm. gradings, it wasn't through the work they achieved previously. What they did was they said, we are going to grade the children due to their location. Now, they missed out race, but they said due to their location. Now, when you look at the statistics for black children in school getting their grades, now, obviously, the grading system is done differently now where it's done in numbers, okay? But let's just say it was still done by the A, B, C grading system. Now, statistically, black Caribbean males underachieve by over 50% in the UK. Now, if they are going to do it by location, Mm -hmm. they are going to put all the ones that they have in the areas which they deem as ghettos or working class or just basically poor. They're already pinching them to fail due by previous statistics. Now, bear in mind... If six over 50%, so we're looking between 60 to 70% of young black Caribbean males in Britain underachieving, we only take up 6% of the national population. But yet over 50% are underachieving in schools. Is that just saying that we are dumb? Mm -hmm. Or does it back what Bristol University's survey done in saying that if we had access to more. So it seems like there is a deep-rooted system, issues in the system that are deep-rooted to set us up to fail. And the fact that that got highlighted last year, that they're going to judge 
our children by location? Well, my children are not in a middle-class area. They're in, their housing is in an estate. I'm not saying they have an estate life, but it's part of that location statistically where most people are working class. So they're going to put them under that bracket. My children are mixed race. But we all know that in this country, they will just deem them as black. This is the nature of why this show has been put together, you know, and I'm really excited to be delving deeper into it next week. I know this show, uh, this intro show was short, but it's just foreplay. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, (laughs) but um, yeah, next week we go deeper. We speak to two guests which you've already spoken to and I've got to say listeners you're in for a treat because Joseph did some fine interviewing there thank you very much it was um it was it was an eye-opener for myself obviously this is the first time I'm following my dream just to let the listeners know I am actually really following my Mm -hmm. dream on this I thank Sam G very much for bringing me into her world working so well with me and being patient. But yeah, um, I have two very good interviews that were put together. Very insightful. One is from a personal aspect. And one is from more of a teaching professional aspect in terms of what a young black British child will go through being in the system from a black teacher's point of view and what they see as someone that works within the system on how things are very different from what we know. I mean, it's that insightful that I was taken back from a few things that I heard. Yeah. I would say if you are worried about anything in terms of your child being in education from primary to secondary, please tune in. It's very insightful. We'll give you food for thought. And just things to look out for when it comes to your children, young black British children in the educational system, because that is what we are aiming to address next week. Good, good, good. So as Joseph said, definitely tune in next week for that one at the same time. And um, yeah, all that is left to say is thank you for joining us in Beyond the Root. Thank you. I've been your host, Sam G. Myself, Joseph Augustine. Okay, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Take care. You've been listening to the Rising Roots podcast, the home of re-educating the mind and putting unity right back into community.